Hi, everyone. My name is Christopher Bruce. I'm a marital and family law attorney in South Florida, and today I have the pleasure of being joined by Adina Lebowitz. Adina is a co-parenting educator and a family mediator, and what we're going to be talking about is co-parenting with less stress and more peace, which I think is a subject that um, you know, a lot of people stand to benefit from um, whether they're divorced or not or, or separating from um, uh, the other parent of their child or children or not. It's just a really practical, um, great topic. And for those of you who don't know Adina, uh, she is um, somebody who's completed training with Dan Simon on transformative mediation. She does a lot of work with couples in conflict and uh, you know, strives on helping people find less stress and more peace in their life. She focuses on coaching people in situations around divorce and including on parenting issues, which is how her and I first um, you know, connected. So, Adina, before we get into the subject matter of all this, um, maybe just give everybody a little bit of an idea about your background and uh, what you do, and then we'll get into the, uh, the meat of the discussion here. Okay. Well, thanks for having me today, Chris. I'm a divorced mom of three kids. All my kids are grown now. At the time of my divorce years ago, I had a busy travel with my job implementing software all around the country. So I completely understand when people find co-parenting challenging. My goal is to help families find less stress, less conflict, and more peace in their co-parenting. And I do that through teaching community education classes on co-parenting, uh, individual coaching, and also family mediation. All right. And I guess when it comes to the, the subject of what we're uh, talking about, which is co-parenting with, with less stress, um, and I think ultimately making things better for both the parents um, and the children, for those um, people who are listening to this and they're um, making or about to um, make the transition from a, a married family or a family unit um, into two separate family units or households, um, do you have any, I guess, uh, tips or, or best uh, concepts for how to um, you know, make this transition as smoothly as possible? Sure. Some of my clients have been married two to five years, some 10 to 20 years, some never married, and some same-sex couples. What they have in common is they share kids whom they love. The best way to transition to shared parenting after divorce is to have been sharing parenting and housework all along from the day the kids were born. So we establish a new cultural norm that both parents are equally involved in caring for the children, and then the courts have no problem dividing time equally. When parents split up, the most important thing is to shift the relationship from an intimate romantic one to a more business-like relationship with the common goal of raising whole healthy children to adulthood. Studies show that it's the intensity and duration of the conflict that is so harmful to children of divorce. So when it, it, it comes to, uh, I guess, uh, this uh, division of households, ultimately people have to come up with a, a schedule because the kids you know, are going to, in most of the places you're, you're in Minnesota, you just uh, showed me the, uh, the, the snow on the ground kind of uh, through that window out there. And I'm, I'm down here in South Florida, um, you know, uh, the other side of the country, but um, in, in both of our places, uh, the, the courts commonly are um, having um, children see both of um, their parents, usually pretty frequently um, after a divorce or breakup of a family. When it comes to the actual 
schedules, do you have any um, suggestions for what schedules are, are usually best and for what situations or periods of a child's life a particular schedule might be best? Sure. There are so many ways to slice and dice 50-50 and call it equal. Some parenting time schedules are more prone to conflict than others. One day ping pongs are particularly hard on kids. A typical non-custodial non schedule of one night a week and every other weekend. Kids need some time to settle in when they go back and forth between one parent's home and the other. No one ever said it's easy for kids to have two homes. Let's not make it harder with these one day transitions in the schedule. Some parents split the school week Monday, Tuesday for one parent, Wednesday, Thursday for the other, and then alternate weekends. We can learn a lot from what other states are doing. So I really appreciate being able to talk to Chris in Florida um, while I'm here in the Twin Cities in uh, Minnesota. Um, I think Arizona actually has one of the best guides to appropriate parenting time schedules for different ages and stages of child development. And I'll share that link to that uh, guide with you, Chris, so you can share that as well. Toddlers and preschoolers do better with transitions every few days. School-age kids may do well with what's called a 5-2-2-5 schedule while teens often prefer a transition, as few as possible transitions, maybe week on, week off, if the parents live close enough to the child's school to make that possible. Even a simple change in drop-off time, like Sunday 4 p.m. instead of 6 p.m., can make things go a little easier. With a 6 p.m. drop-off right in the middle of dinner, if the parents dropping off is late, that can create stress all around. 4 p.m. allows a little bit of a cushion, so the transition can go more smoothly if there's traffic issues, weather issues, um, you know, somebody doesn't want to cooperate with getting their stuff together to get going. Um, it's just less stressful all around. It also gives the child time to settle in at the other parent's house. So meal time can be more welcoming, less stress time. So I'm going to share my screen here for a second. So you can see. Perfect. All right, so here's a few examples of some schedules that are kind of common here. Um, they might be as well out your way. Um, in the yellow at the top here, we see a typical 5225 schedule alternating between mom and dad. If it's mom and mom or dad and dad, that's fine too. Um, but just for ease of uh, display here, I use different colors and use mom and dad in the example. Uh, 5 p.m. exchanges on the school days, alternate weekends, what I really like about this schedule is there are consistent weekdays. So if you know the child wants to go to gymnastics with mom on Mondays and religious school with dad on Wednesdays, dad doesn't have to chauffeur to mom's activities. Mom doesn't have to chauffeur to dad's activities. The child can do what they want um, with that parent. They have some special time, some consistent time with that particular parent. Eight exchanges per yep. month, mostly on school days, not face-to-face -face except two times a month on Sunday afternoon. So before the COVID times, school was a really, really nice place to be able to have those transitions, not have to do them face to face. This middle schedule in the green every other week, um, definitely preferred by teenagers. If the parents live close enough, um, they uh, just have fewer transitions. And uh, as teens, mm -hmm. their friends that are so important, they don't really care about going back and forth between mom's house and dad's house. Um, 3 p.m. exchange on Friday, alternate weekends, just a bare minimum four exchanges per month. Um, the challenge here is that you're on duty as a single parent for the entire seven days. Um, and then there's no consistent weekdays. Both parents have to chauffeur to all activities on their week. So 
Um, for some people, that's a challenge. For others, no problem. They can do that um, whole week on, week off. And then this last one at the bottom, um, as Chris and I were speaking about a little bit earlier, this might be more appropriate for a very young child, toddlers and preschoolers. They just don't have that memory concept yet of where that parent went to. Did they completely disappear if they're gone for a really long time? So a little bit more frequent exchanges for the younger kids. Again, it's gonna take some really, really good communication between the parents and an agreement to cooperate on raising the child because this schedule has 12 exchanges per month. And as we know, um, every exchange is an opportunity for conflict. So we want to uh, shy away from having too many exchanges. Um, and so- gotcha. and Maybe if I, uh, if you don't mind, if I, I could stop you just for a second um, for the people that are uh, watching this, looking at the schedule, who knows, maybe there's a couple of, um, you know, uh, couples out there that are trying to co-parent already and they're watching this together. Which of those schedules is typically best for, um, you know, different age groups? Because my, my impression was, you know, what, you know, might be necessary for a toddler might not always be most recommended for somebody uh, who's a middle school age child or a, a teenager. And if you don't mind, maybe just speaking very briefly on, on that. And um, I think some people might benefit from it. Sure, um, I'm actually gonna scroll up on this for just a second. Um, here are some things to consider when you're creating your parenting time schedule. So say the, you're talking about 50-50 with your, your child's other parent. Here are some things to consider. Uh, first of all, can you communicate about the kids' needs without conflict? That is number one. There's a lot of conflict. The judges don't care what your schedule is. It's the conflict that's gonna get in the way. How close do you live to the other parent? Within five miles, less than 20 miles in another city or state? How old are your kids? Toddlers may need different schedules than teens. Where are the children's school? Are they all at the same school? Do you have one in preschool, one in grade school, and one in middle school, different locations all over the place? Um, do you work? Either both of you work, days, nights, weekends. Mm -hmm. Totally gonna depend what you know your schedules are like, what's gonna work for your parenting time schedule. Do you travel for work? That's the one that tripped me up. My schedule changed every month. So um, that was really hard to get a consistent schedule on paper. And then really important, um, do kids have special needs? Uh, behavioral issues, learning issues, dietary, you know, autoimmune issues, um, gluten issues, all kinds of things, or frequent medical care. So the, the general schedules that I'm gonna show you here, um, you absolutely have to consider your own kids and what their needs are. Uh, this is, I'll put this out there too, Chris. Um, this is about the transitions. Uh, four or fewer is good, eight's okay. <laughs> Try to stay away from the one night overnights. Um, school transitions, like I said before, these COVID times, that was really nice because you weren't face-to-face -face with the other parent. Um, meal times are hard, so continue, consider not transitioning right at the meal time. And if transitions face-to-face -face at the door become really difficult or downright hostile, the court may order curbside transitions or suggest a third-party drop-off or pickup like at grandma's house or something. So um, with these here, the, um, the bottom one, the blue one is generally for the younger toddler, preschooler age. The green one is more for your teens who are really independent. And by the time they're 15, 16, they're driving themselves back and forth and they don't really yeah. care what you've got on paper, um, as long as you know where they are and when they're coming back. And that's, the yellow one is really the most common that we see here in uh, Minnesota, um, generally for anyone from probably four to 12, um, this 5225, if it works out, 
with where you live and what your work schedules are and all that, this is generally a pretty satisfactory schedule. I gotcha. And I guess you're talking a little bit about the, the transitions or the time sharing exchanges is what we uh, seem like we calm down here um, in my neck of the woods, but um, any, any tips on uh, right now we're recording this in the middle of um, uh, COVID uh, or mask mania or whatever you want to call this stuff. Um, and any tips on how to make those transitions a little bit better in, in this phase of time that we're going through right now? Yeah, so um, I was going to say, I hope you include some language in your decree that says you'll revisit your parenting time schedule every three to five years as circumstances change. And this is definitely one of those big changes. Um, uh, other yeah. changes might be um, people move, change jobs, get into new relationships. You know, the other parent moves, that might change your schedule too. Um, the kids mature. So the schedule that you agreed upon years ago may need some updating. So definitely for these COVID times, um, thankfully, our state governor um, specifically mentioned divorced families in his COVID orders and said that adhering to court ordered parenting time schedules is essential. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, yes, some parents have found this challenging. Maybe one parent works in healthcare and has a lot more contact with sick people. Can the kids transition to that parent's home? Think about the fact if you were still together, still married, and one of you worked in healthcare, would the kids be able to spend time with you? Well, of course they would. So having two households should not be different. Some parents don't think the other one's following the safety guidelines as they should, and they're putting the children at risk. And so they start withholding the children, not allowing them to transition. You know, people can go off, she's crazy, he's irresponsible. I know we're several months into this pandemic, but it's best to nip that kind of behavior in the bud. It's the conflict that harms the children not that they touch something at the playground, right? It's the conflict that's gonna be so harmful. So if you are on completely different planes, I'd suggest scheduling a mediation to find some common ground and refocus on caring for the children you both love. What I've seen most problematic during this pandemic with all this distance learning and work from home is that there are more transitions. And we've talked about the fact that every transition is an opportunity for conflict. Yeah. Um, if one parent is more available to supervise the distance learning, Sometimes you're having daily transitions. One parent's dropping off at the other mm -hmm. instead of dropping off at school. And so they drop off in the morning, they pick up in the evening. That's their two days. Then the other two days is with the other parent. Then they're back for the weekend. So this can be really, really challenging. Give yourself some grace. We're doing the best we can in this most unusual time. But definitely I suggest a mediation yeah. if, if the parents are not on the same plane because <laughs> Otherwise, it just creates too much stress and anxiety. All right. Oh, yeah. I think it's usually better to talk about it before it goes uh, too too long. And if you're having trouble talking about it, that's where the, the people like you can come, you know, in. I think with or without attorneys, it can be tremendously helpful in helping people um, maybe find some common ground with this uh, stuff. Um, and not just during COVID times, but, um, you know, in a lot of other times, too. Um, and I guess... As it, it gets to that, maybe this is just more of a, a general question, but for the people listening to this that, that want to do as great of a job as they, they can uh, co-parenting um, with their, you know, soon-to-be former partner or spouse after the divorce, you know, what tips do you have for us? I mean, what, what are some of the best practices or things that um, people um, can do um, for successfully co-parenting after the divorce? Yeah, I'm going to share about five things that I suggest. Um, number one is to have a regular time to connect. Um, weekly, if the children are very small or monthly, 
um, anything probably over four or five years old. Uh, just a regular time on your calendar, coffee date, whatever you want to call it, um, to talk about what's coming up for the next month. You know, so-and-so's got a big project or they've got a weekend away with their church or they maybe there's, you know, grandparents are going to be in town. Something's going to be a little bit different about the schedule. So just talk about that in advance. Give the other one a heads up about what's going on. Definitely having a shared calendar. Um, there are several online co-parenting communication tools, as, as we call them. Um, one that's really popular here in Minnesota is called Our Family Wizard. It's a messaging tool, so you can keep track of, you know, what did you say to that other parent, and did you say it nicely and politely, um, rather than doing it all in email. It's a little easier to gather your notes if you do need to go back um, for a hearing. Um, it has a calendar of activities, so you can keep track of which kid's going where, when, um, even if you know the other parent has some out-of-town business travel or something, it's a record of payment of expenses, so you can keep track of all that, how you're splitting up expenses, and a way to conveniently track children's health information. So regardless of which parent is taking them for an appointment, you have that easy, you know, on your app, on your phone, uh, with you when you go to that appointment. Um, be the one to take the high road always. Stay focused on having a business-like relationship with your co-parent with the common goal of raising whole, happy, healthy kids. So you can both be there for everyday activities, a sports event, a concert, and for those very special milestones in their lives, whether it's a confirmation or a graduation or a wedding, you both wanna be able to be there. And if you set that really good foundation when they're young, you will be there to celebrate those special times with them. Be at your best and be present for your kids. I know, super challenging right now with all the work at home and distance learning and everyone's stressed out, but do your best to be present. And you do that by taking care of yourself, by eating right, getting fresh air and exercise and good sleep. So you can be the best parent you can be. I, know those, I think those are excellent tips. And I mean, I, I really think, I mean, what stands out to me, and maybe it's just because it's what I do, you know, running my law practice, but I, I think having those regular meetings or the, the monthly meetings, I've, I've never actually heard that suggested. I think a lot of people would, benefit from from doing that instead of having last minute things come up um you know you're you're regularly in contact um about not only how are the kids uh, doing but what's coming up on the agenda i think that's that's a really uh, great um tip there um and I, I guess for the people that are listening to this and um they're they're thinking well you know gee i i, I think some of this uh, could be um, you know, helpful if I had a little bit more um, personal um, coaching or attention um, with this, um, maybe tell everybody a little bit more about you and, and what you do and, and how you help people with uh, this type of stuff. Okay, thank you, Chris. I teach co-parenting classes for our local school district. During these COVID times, these are group classes online via Zoom, so people can log in from anywhere. Our next six-week series is starting very soon, November 4th through December 16th. And if the holidays tend to be a particularly challenging time for your family, consider registering for this series so you can have less stress and more peace during the holiday season. For those who need more support than what's offered in these classes, parents can purchase individual coaching sessions. I, these are offered in packages of six, 12, or 20 sessions, which expire one year from date of purchase. So they're individual sessions um, of about 45 minutes each, and you can use them once a week. You can use them once a month. Um, yeah, depending on how often you feel that you need to meet to, to help you stay calm, stay centered, and be able to be present for your kids. 
And then hopefully in the classes and coaching, I provide the communication and conflict resolution skills you need for day-to-day -day decisions. But if you're facing a bigger issue, such as rearranging your parenting schedule due to a move or a job change, if you need to find a care provider to address a specific health challenge or find help with a child struggling in school, I offer mediation, a safe space where the parties are empowered to express what is deep in their hearts, really listen to what the other side is saying and be open to considering options with a focus on what's best for the child. And for the people who are thinking, hey, maybe um, I should be working with you, um, maybe if you could just briefly mention um, how they can get in touch with you, where do they find you, and um, uh, that type of thing. And we'll have the um, information um, up, and of course, on the, the page where the video is as well. Yeah, I will just uh, share my screen again um, so that you can see that. All right, um, my company is Elon Health Twin Cities. You can reach me by phone, 612-499-8418, by email, adina at elonhealthtc.org, or at my website, um, elonhealthtc.org. So you can find out information about the classes, the coachings, and the mediation on the website. Well, that's perfect. Even with the slide, nobody's brought the slide up before. That makes it uh, that makes it easy. Um, everyone, uh, my uh, name again is uh, Christopher Bruce. I'm a divorce lawyer in South Florida, and I've had the pleasure of being joined by Adina Levelwitz. I hope that uh, this has been helpful for you. And if you're liking what you hear and think Adina could be of more help to you, I really encourage you to get in touch with her. And um, you know, don't. Don't wait to do that type of thing. It's, I think, really just from what I see in my law practice, it's really important to set, um, you know, precedence in the beginning of your co-parenting relationship because it's a time of transition and you want it to go as well as possible, not just for yourself, not just for the co-parent, um, but really for your children. So I encourage you to get in touch with Adina and, um, you know, I'll look more into this and I hope this has been helpful. Um, thank you, Adina, for taking the time to be with us here today. Thank you, Chris.